wherever we're from, we can bring the attention home. Bring it home. And even as we listen, and even as we are sharing this technology, It doesn't have to be, usually when we're lost in technology, our attention is being hijacked. But what would it be like if we're using this medium as a way to come home to ourselves, to our experience? And yes, it's not quite the same as sharing presence. But still, we can share an intention and a practice, a practice of coming back. We can listen from inside. without thinking too much about it. We can just let the attention, even with eyes open, see, see how that feels right now. To give 90% of your available attention to your own experience. And we're seeing friends come in. And how does it feel to think of them as friends? People who share a wish. And you're safe in your own space. So it's really possible to let yourself soften towards yourself whatever is rising, and towards the people that are popping up and appearing, being part of this community. And so, so we begin, but in a way, it's something that never stops. Because even when we don't have words for it, there's something in us that seeks a state of being here, a state of being. And sometimes we taste this by its absence at the end of an incredibly distracted or busy day. We might feel an ache, a lack, a loss. When something shocking or surprising happens, we might feel a sudden call to be present or a sense that something precious 
has been lost. So this week, of course, um, in this country, we lost Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And almost everybody, when they heard the news, their first reflexive thought was, oh no, oh no. And then the news went around that it, she died on the eve of Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. And that according to tradition, the most righteous people pass away at such a time. And it's extraordinary for those of us who didn't grow up in the tradition, righteous doesn't just mean sanctimonious. <laughs> and, but someone dedicated to justice wisdom and justice. And it's interesting to remember, especially for those of us who didn't grow up in the tradition, that justice doesn't need to mean vengeance or retribution. It can mean bringing a world into balance. It can mean sustainability. And the way I think of it is to do justice to a person. If you're an artist or a writer or a creator of any kind is to see them clearly, to bear witness to their deeper truth. which Justice Ginsburg certainly did in her work in the Supreme Court, seeking to make space for all of us, for all of us. It's extraordinary to realize that, I just have to say this, and I do have a Dharma point, within the lifetime of most people here, it was not possible for me to get a credit card without the permission of my husband. Isn't that astonishing? Or a mortgage. And I don't know what unmarried women were supposed to do, whether their father or a brother or the guy down the street. But this woman played a role in providing and assuring for the rights of all women, LGBT community. So what does this have to do with the Dharma? This, under it all, there is a wish in us to be part of a greater life, a larger life, a shared world. And when we sit down together, 
to meditate and to bring our attention home. We sit down to rediscover our belonging to life by coming home to the body, to sensation, to the deeper feeling that flows from sensation, a basic sense of the goodness of life. We have an experience, even though it looks like we're being very still and apart, our inner experience is one of opening opening to life, remembering our true size and our belonging to something greater, not in our thinking, but in our presence. So when people don't know what to do, it's a frightening and unsettled time the first thing to do is to come home and to touch the earth. Touch the earth of your presence here in a body. This is the beginning of justice. And I saw a tweet that I can't help but invoke where someone said, speaking of Cinderella, if I were her, I would have stayed in the forest with my little animal friends rather than going with a guy who had me try on a shoe because he didn't recognize me without makeup. And I do believe it's conflating um, several fairy tales, because, but I guess there were animals in Cinderella. But it's certainly true when you think about it, the, the spell is broken, so the gown disappears and the makeup, but suddenly his capacity to see her vanishes. It depends on a shoe. And I'm not being silly in neither of the fairy tales when they always involve going into the woods, into the forest. Once upon a time, and it doesn't have to be a little girl, it can be a little boy or a non-binary child. Once upon a time, there was a child imprisoned in a house or a castle or a cottage. A child who wasn't really allowed to be themselves, who wasn't met, who wasn't recognized. It takes different forms. But inevitably, there comes a passage where that little girl, little boy, little child goes into the forest to be with her animal friends, remembers touching the earth, remembering the magic of her existence. 
And I love those animals in the Disney version. They also did housework. Remember, they would come into the cottage and instantly everything would be shining and gleaming. And in order, they were wonderful friends. But a way to forgetting the Disneyfied version, a way to understand these tales is that there's an instinct in us to come home, to touch the earth, to take to the forest, to remember our lives, the size and scale of our lives. And this is what it means to have a taste of being in a shared world, a taste of being taste of being, which under everything is what we long for. So what can help us find our way at a time when everything feels so frightening and so uncertain? I have discovered through practice that we can let go of certainty and turn towards sincerity, towards a wish to be who we truly are, a wish to do justice to our lives, to inhabit them fully, to bear witness to what's present. And that as we cultivate a capacity to do this, and it really is moment by moment, those of us who met in the park on Thursday, we were talking about, or I was talking about, um, mind moments, the measure of a moment of enlightenment. And it was given in Buddhist tradition something like 140,000th of a second. And I since looked up moments and discovered to my delight, it's completely insane that there are all these different measures like 100 milliseconds or in the Middle Ages, a moment was 90 seconds long. The point is, if we give our ourselves permission to just touch the earth and be present for a moment, this is the source of wisdom and compassion. This is the source of human rights, of understanding that all beings deserve to have the space to thrive. When Thomas Merton taught, when he was at his monastery, he was assigned the job of teaching novitiates. And he didn't like the job. He didn't want it, 
but he was quite good at it. Because I read this week that he had one student who was terribly traumatized, damaged. And this student had a job to work in the pig barn, I think it was. Everybody in a monastery has a job. And so Merton said, come to me every day and tell me one thing that happened in the pig barn with the pigs. Just that. So this boy said, I can do that. And every single day he would come to Merton's cottage and they would sit outside and he'd tell Merton something that happened with the pigs. And Merton would give him his attention. And that seemingly simple action, that gift of attention over time, healed this man. And he, in turn, went on to do great good. I think he became a therapist or something. And the point is, what can we do? What can we do? What we can do is sit down and cultivate a practice of being and give our attention to others, to those in our life, to that next thing we can do, understanding that this is doing justice. So let's sit together. And let yourself take a comfortable seat. Let your back be straight and your neck and head be as free as possible. And notice how it feels to give yourself an attention that doesn't judge, that just lets everything be present the way it is today. Just let everything happen. No judging. And see that there's an attention that can soften and open.
and see that you just have to make a movement of coming home to the body, to sensation. And this attention will begin to appear. Notice how it feels to let yourself sink down into the body, into sensation, into the ancient rhythm of the breath, the in-breath and out-breath. Notice that as you do this, you don't shut down, you open. Open to the sensation of being alive. Taking in air and impressions.
when you get lost in thought, just gently come home again without judgment. Accepting everything that happens and resting in stillness. And notice that you're being nourished by the stillness and supported by life.
And as we soften, as we relax, we begin to remember. Sati means to remember. To remember presence. To remember life. To remember that we're here, deeply here. And also remembering that we're sitting with other people who share our wish to come home, to be present, to open to life.
us how it feels to come home and to open into a shared world. Just carried by the breath, supported by the life that comes in and out. When you get lost in thought, notice this with no judgment and gently come home, touching the earth of your experience. Noticing how it feels to be here in a body. open to life, to stillness.
letting yourself come home to a presence that sees without judging. That receives. And I also uh, mentioned fairy tales because I believe I have experienced that we live under spells, all of us, that there's a certain momentum that's established at the time of our birth and even before that comes to us from ancestors, from causes and conditions. And we're, we live in a state of hypnosis. And yet, we can wake up. And we can wake up by going to the forest, by touching the earth of our experience, by coming home to the body and sensation and our deeper feelings. And just for a moment, we touch 
a different kind of life. And I believe that this is possible no matter what has happened to you. No matter what your conditions are. And that it's not a prince that's going to save us. Not something outside. No perfect conditions. But a new intention. A turning towards ourselves. A quality of a wish to be sincere, to be truly here. To know that we belong to life. Not separate. So thank you for listening to me. And um, if you have any comments or observations, I'd be delighted to hear them. It seems, and I and I and I'm pretty sure it's 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 a an illusion, but it seems more and more to me that I should be doing something, and I don't have any idea what what it is I should do. I mean, I do silly little things, pick up litter in the park, and and uh, 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 obey my children's commands slavishly, but but the feeling that I should do, um, there's a big wheel somewhere that I should, need, that I should be pushing against and that, uh, um, and that I'm not doing it. Um, I haven't figured it out. Maybe I'm too cowardly to do it. Maybe I don't, you know, I'm, I'm afraid, but just an overpowering, uh, 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 kind of a call to arms that I have no idea how to answer. Yeah, yeah, it's, and I'm, you're not alone. And I really do think, Ben, the first step always is to sit down and to be present. And then, you know, rooted in presence, taking, touching the earth, then we see what's available for us to do. And I'm not um, dismissing your your call to arms, but you you touch the earth and then take stock and obeying your children's commands, as you say, babysitting. That's no small thing. That's like Merton at the pig barn, and that bringing presents to the people who are right in front of us, who are in our realm, really listening, really being there, begins to shift something, not just for you, for them. And then um, new insights appear. And I'm not just, I'm not also always you. When I begin to see, when I've had moments, when I have really seen and felt that I was caught in a pattern, and I really let myself feel it, 
insight appears, maybe not right on the spot, but soon, oh, I was asleep. And this is what it would taste like or feel like to really be awake. And in that moment of awakening, some, something, I'm, I'm different. And something new becomes possible. And I know maybe this sounds like I'm being vague. I'm not saying get to work, you know, registering people to vote or some, something really specific, but that this work of awakening is not separate from bringing about wholesome change. Because we have to be awake to see, to notice what's needed, what's missing, what place could use my support. And so much is needed in every direction. And it's going to take resourcefulness and creativity. This is true. One time, like last year, um, probably close to two years ago at this point, I was asked to go teach a bunch of teachers in a high school that was self-proclaimed failing high school on the Lower East Side. And I went into this place and the principal said, this is what you need to know. Every single kid in this school, everyone is from a single parent household. Every kid in this high school has is has endured trauma. Everyone, no exceptions. This high school is completely under-resourced and there is no kid in this school who has privacy at home or some room they can go to to meditate. And chances are they live with constant chaos, often violence, just basically the worst conditions ever um, by many people's standards. So here I am and here are the teachers. How can I help? And I have no expertise, no, no training. And we spent a couple of hours practicing what it would be like for them to tell their stories to their kids in a way that would invite those kids to tell their stories in their own voices. And that's when it struck me, not just, you know, I invented something I called subway meditation that I thought was cute, you know, standing on the train. But that's when it struck me that a moment of intention is healing. It's not a question of having a, a retreat 
or a room or even a quiet corner. You see what I mean? I just was it happened to be in those conditions. And something appeared that maybe I could help with, that I could do. And, and the same for you, and the same for everybody here. Sit down, take your seat in the center of your life, and come home to your own breath, and make a compassionate space for your own patterns and fear and trauma. Welcome them and let yourself settle down and open up and something will occur to you. Maybe not like magic right then, but soon something will occur to you that you can do next. I promise you it's true. And you can even have it be part of your intention and your practice. How can I help? How can I help? And, and there's so many interesting ways we can and will. Thank you. Thank you. Let's sit, let's sit together. And just really with a mind and a heart and a body that's soft and open for a moment. And grateful for this practice and offering ourselves a wish that we be safe and protected from all harm and danger, that we be at ease, even in uncertainty and free. And noticing that this warmth inside us, this wish, doesn't stop with our own skin. It, it goes outward, beyond us. And we wish it to. Wishing that all beings everywhere, without exception, be safe and free from harm, that they be protected and supported in their journey, including those who have passed, including especially Ruth Bader Ginsburg. May we all 
May she be accompanied by wisdom and compassion. And may all beings everywhere be free. Thank you, thank you for your practice, thank you for your presence, thank you for being here.